Hello again, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It As It Is podcast, episode 31 on the Hockey Podcast Network and sponsored, as always, by DraftKings Sportsbook. 68 teams started the tournament and only the best have survived. We now get to the final four. An 11-seeded UCLA is only the sixth double-digit team in tournament history to reach the final four, but they've got to go up against the likes of Gonzaga, Baylor, and Houston in order to bring home the championship. If your bracket was busted all the way back in the round of 64 like mine, don't worry. DraftKings Sportsbook America's top-rated sportsbook app is putting new customers in the center of the action. Bet $1 on any tournament game, and if your team wins, you win $100. It's that simple. Just bet on any of the three games remaining. Pick any team to win. Just $1 turns into $100 if you are correct. That's it. No strings attached. There is no better way to put your college basketball knowledge to the test than to put your money where your mouth is with draft king's sportsbook and it also might be a nice boost to the pride after having your bracket as brutally busted as mine was weeks ago but if college basketball is not for you no fear DraftKings Sportsbook offers daily odd boosts on pro basketball, hockey, golf, and so much more. The Avalanche are reaching the home stretch of their season. If you want to get yourself even more invested in the games, DraftKings is the place for you. They are safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 if the college basketball team of your choosing pulls off the win. That's code THPN to turn $1 into $100 for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. So for this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast, I joined the wonderful guys at the Blue Notes pod, that being Tom Franklin and Blue Notes Fan Reacts, to talk about the Avalanche's upcoming back-to-back with the St. Louis Blues over the weekend. Uh, Unfortunately, this episode was recorded before the Avalanche's game against the Arizona Coyotes, which as of now has still not started. So this episode will not be covering any of that, unfortunately, as at some point I need to go to bed. But we will be talking about the Ducks game a little bit before we get into the interview with the guys at the Blue Notes pod. But it was a great conversation with those guys. I appreciate them having me on. And we're going to get to know the Blues very, very closely over the next month because we see them six whole times over the entire month of April. So... If we are going to play the Blues in the playoffs, if they do hold on to that fourth seed and we get that top seed, I mean, we're, we're going to figure out pretty quickly who's going to be the favorite in that series. And it would, it would take a miracle for it to not be the Avalanche, but if the Blues have anything up their sleeve that we just somehow don't have an answer for, I guess we're going to find out pretty soon. We'll see them on a back-to-back on Friday and Saturday. And then a one-off on the 14th, and then three times in a row on the 20th, the 22nd, and the 24th. So pretty much from the 14th to the 24th, a 10-day stretch, we're going to be playing the Blues four times. So it's pretty, our season kind of, well, it doesn't hinge, but I'd say top spot in the West kind of hinges on how we perform against the Blues. This is 
12 points up for grabs. I mean, the, Av the Avalanche have an easier schedule compared to most for the remaining season. If you go to tankathon.com, they have a very good remaining strength of schedule. The Avalanche have the fourth best schedule in the NHL and the best in the West, really. The only teams below them are Boston, Edmonton, and Pittsburgh. And the only reason Boston and Pittsburgh are on there is because uh, Buffalo. <laughs> they play the Buffalo Sabres a lot. But yeah, the Avalanche, they have two games against Vegas, two games against Minnesota, and they still have half of their season series against the Sharks coming up, that being four games, two more games against the Ducks, and sprinkle in a few games against the Coyotes and the Kings, and that's that's really it. I think for the most part, the, the Avalanche are in the playoffs. We know that for sure now. They're going to make the playoffs. They haven't clinched anything yet. They're not mathematically in, but they're in. They're going to make the playoffs. It's just a matter of first or second at this point. But speaking of trying to just kind of get through the season, the Avalanche played the Anaheim Ducks on Monday night and pretty handily disposed of them, I would say. I would not really a whole lot to report in this one, I got to be honest. This was pretty much exactly what I expected, a 5-2 to two win against the Ducks. Philip Grubauer plays, and the Avalanche win. No goalie controversies tonight. It wasn't a 6-5 game, and Jonas Johansson or Hunter Miska letting in a ton. I mean, there's a, there's a few things to talk about from this game. Valerie Nachushkin still playing very, very well. Tyson Jost is starting to pick it up so far during this last little stretch. Him and JT Comfer scored a goal in this game. They're starting to seemingly find their rhythms a little bit after having a not great season up to this point. Uh, the power play is uh, bad. Uh, actually, we're going to talk about that. The power play has not been good as of late. It has struggled, and it was it was really put on display in this one, going 1-4-6 against a, a Ducks team that is just not very good on the penalty kill and just not very good in general. I mean, how often in the NHL do you have six power plays and only have to kill two of them? There's a, I mean, we've been over, there's a whole league mandate about makeup calls and everything. And to be fair, some of those penalties came at the very, very end of the game when the Ducks were just straight gooning it up. I mean, basically in the last 10 minutes of the game, the Ducks had four penalties. Three if you don't count the fighting. You shouldn't count the fighting major. So they had three penalties in the final five minutes of the game. Nick Delorier has a game misconduct. Actually, this one counts for both. So Delorier is trying to fight Nazem Kadri because the Ducks hate Nazem Kadri's guts. And then, oh, would you look at that? 20 seconds later, Derek Grant cross-checking against Nazem Kadri. Nazem Kadri has burrowed himself deep inside the souls of the Anaheim Ducks. They want to kill this guy every time he's on the ice. They're cross-checking him. They're slashing him. And, man, it was, it was not good. And fortunately, Kadri didn't get hurt, and no one got hurt in this game, but not for lack of trying from the Ducks. This was not a pretty one whatsoever. I mean, I'm completely glancing over the fact that the Avalanche outshot the Ducks 48 to 15 in this game because I've just grown so used to it that our offense is so overwhelming and swarming and our defense just doesn't give up any shots. 
yeah, this game this game was not close. The Avalanche have proven themselves to be way ahead of the Ducks. We struggled with them a little bit in the beginning of the season with a couple of the overtime games, and even earlier this month with a few of the overtime games. But the Ducks, they have been disappointing, to say the least, this season. They are last in the West and not a whole lot to be positive about at all. They're going to get a high draft pick. I guess if you want to look at it that way, their prospect pool is okay, but I was expecting to see a little more out of the Ducks this season, if I'm being honest. They're just kind of there. Ah, man, whatever, right? We got we have two more games against the Ducks. They hate us. They just keep taking penalties against us. I worry about those final two games because I don't want anyone getting hurt so close to the playoffs. It'd just be a complete waste of time. Those two games come, I don't think they're that soon. Actually, they are kind of soon. So we have four games between the Coyotes game, which will be wrapped up by the time you're hearing this. So two games against St. Louis, two games against Minnesota, and then we finish up our series against the Ducks on the 9th and the 11th of April, and then we don't have to see them again because... These guys do not like each other at all. They There were some fights in this game. There was Getzlaff getting in a fight with Belmar in the third period of this game. They were going at each other. They were fighting in the first period just without dropping the gloves. They were just full-on punching each other in the face with their gloves on. This was not a pretty game whatsoever, but the Avalanche, they rose above it. And they kept the Ducks out of it. Philip Grubauer only lets in two goals. Admittedly, not doesn't look great for his save percentage to let in two goals on only 15 shots. But he played fine enough in this game, so it ultimately doesn't matter. That's kind of that's kind of the thing I've been realizing about this season a little bit is that like it's kind of almost done, isn't it? I don't think I could do 82 games of this season against just playing the same teams over and over again. It was fun at first, and it'd probably be a lot more fun if the the competition in the division was a bit more fierce, but it's a two-team division. It's us in Vegas, and we're going to go toe-to-toe for the top spot. And I'm going to bring it up a little bit when I talk to the guys on Blue Notes, but like, even if we don't get the top spot, I'm not going to be heartbroken or anything. I'll be a little disappointed that we didn't get it, but we're in the playoffs. There's no real playoff race to be had, and we only play Vegas twice. We play Minnesota twice, and... We play St. Louis six times, maybe that'll be interesting, but man, this division is just really, really bad, and the Avalanche are really, really good. There is nothing that, I don't know, outside of the handful of games, I'm not overly interested in a lot of these games. I mean, just kind of scoff at the idea of playing the Kings and Ducks now, I mean, we're just waiting for the playoffs. At this point, like, obviously the Avalanche themselves can't think that way, but I can. Like, we're just waiting for the playoffs at this point. No no questions are going to be answered until then. There's nothing I really need to see in the regular season from them right now that can change my mind about any of this. Unless they just go on, like, a complete cold streak. Yeah, I'll be worried. But, like, beating up on the Kings and the Ducks and the like, eh, whatever. You should be doing that. So... It'll be interesting to see where we finish up, whether it's first or second, if we can knock Vegas out of that top spot, but we're just waiting for the playoffs at this point. It's either going to be Minnesota or St. Louis, or if St. Louis continues to fall off a cliff, which we'll get into with Blue Notes, then might be Arizona in the first round. 
should beat all of them. So maybe even then we're looking forward to the second round a little bit with playing Vegas, assuming we get there. I mean, that's pretty much how we're going to define the season, isn't it? It feels like none of that, none of this really up till then is even going to matter in August when we're looking back on this season. So kind of hope we just get through it without injuries. I hope they keep playing the way they're playing. I have no qualms with watching the Avalanche just completely wreck people every single night. So keep doing that and keep playing the way you're playing. But yeah, I mean, it's a good team. And we just got to be a little patient until we can really start to see some challenges again. And hopefully next season this doesn't become the case and we can just face some more stiff competition because this division is bad. But now I do want to get into my interview with the guys at the Blue Notes pod, just catching up with them because we literally have not seen the Blues since the actual beginning of the season, literally game two, first and second game of the season. COVID pause, we would have had them in February, but the COVID pause prevented that from happening. So now we'll see them six times over the next little while, and they are not having a good time as of lately. Complete opposite of the Avalanche, they have lost nine of their last 11, while the Avalanche have won nine of their last 11, and they are holding on for dear, dear life to that playoff spot that we thought was so secure for them at the beginning of the season. And there is a reality where the St. Louis Blues do not make the playoffs at the end of the season. And as you'll find out in this conversation, they're not overly crazy about the prospect of making the playoffs either. So... Hope you guys enjoy the conversation, and we will wrap up after that. This will be about an hour-long conversation. Uh, it is time for Griffin Youngs to enter the conversation here on Blue Notes. Uh, Griffin, how's it going, bud? I'm doing pretty well. I'd ask how you guys are doing, but I think I got the, the gist of it so far. Oh, Blues, uh, here we go. I'm, I'm drinking. I'm having a I... super fun time. <laughs> no, it is, it, is not, it is not a super fun time, so we have Center Ice Brewery to help, uh, help us cope right now, Mason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wish I could get some. Why did I have to live in Salt Lake City? Why couldn't I get some Centerized Brewery? I am so jealous. So yeah, jealous. But, also, way, I'm God. underage, but I mean, whatever. Well, by a couple weeks. By almost. By You're almost weeks. there. Almost. Almost four months. Day by day, hour by hour. I remember when I turned 21, it was like this, like the, my age 20 year was like the slowest year ever just because uh um, yeah, you, you know what happens when you're 21. Um, by the way, uh, Griffin, you miss you drinking anything tonight? Uh, like Mason, I am also 20 years old, so unfortunately, no, but I do have a nice refreshing glass. Well, ben, you know, I'm the old geezer of this, of this show here. I'm here in my mid thirties, uh, as y'all, y'all youngins are drinking Coke zeros and, you know, go to bed, know. grandpa, take your meds, grandpa. Nice, go to bed. Uh, Matlock's on. <laughs> All righty. Mason, go ahead and kick us off. I, I'm, I, I'm still coping. Oh, of course, of course, of course. Well, if we're going by points, right? Colorado sits second in the West with 48. One point behind Vegas. The Avs are the highest scoring team in the West. 118 goals and second best with 78 goals allowed. Just 78! That's, I wish the Blues were that much. good. I mean, aren't we negative? What are we, like negative 11 we're, now after we, the we, last game? We've allowed about as many goals as the Avs have allowed. It, it is like within a couple goals. It's just it, it's just ridiculous. Let's face it. Your abs are going to okay. Your your abs are going to smash us. It's going to smash us worse than Tom Wilson encountering Oscar Sundquist on a blindside hit in the middle of the ice. I mean, tell I me, mean, tell us we're wrong. Well, Please. there is. Let's face it. These are back to back games 
One mm-hmm. of these games, Philip Grubauer is going to be playing, and the other game, Jonas Johansson is going to be playing. So, Who? exactly. <laughs> the worst, the statistically worst goalie in the league, apparently. Where's the Vili Uso, apparently? Wow, yes. and that's, yeah. that's saying something because Huso's been kind of. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, we, we, we've got one of those two, and you'll be probably seeing Huso one of those games as well. So, so maybe so, so maybe my point is completely moot and will be even, but so I'd keep what? an eye out for the Avalanche's starting goalies for one of those games. If Philip Grubauer's yeah. starting, my advice to both of you is maybe just ignore the game. You know, do something else for a few hours. <laughs> do something else. Go yeah. for a drive. Like, there's, yeah. there's some good stuff on Netflix right now, isn't there? Like, I uh, in, oh, in, in good faith, I cannot advise you guys to watch that one with how the Blues have been playing. But for the next one, if it's going to be Jonas Johansson against either Bennington or Huso, that could be some some high-scoring hockey. Yeah, there are some absolute bangers right now on Netflix, HBO Max, Disney+. Plus. I just caught up on WandaVision the last couple days. Uh, that shows a freaking head trip. Um, but well, very well done. I recommend uh, anyone check it out, but you got to kind of know what's going on in the uh, Marvel cinematic universe for that. So again, we're talking about things that are not hockey here because, uh, I, I'm, we're, we're, we're anxiety ridden right right now as Blues fans. I get it. Uh, you guys are you guys are having a hard time right now. I'm I'm I here know. to help you guys talk it no, out. Everything's fine. You know? Everything's fine. It's okay. Here, 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 nine out of their last 11 uh so with that being said what's working right now for the abs and uh who's hot right now who's hot i mean philip grubauer's playing at a vesna caliber pace that certainly hasn't hurt it also hasn't hurt that the two losses that are even mentioned there are one shootout loss one overtime loss and our last regulation loss came at the very first game of the month or i'm sorry the next week after that it's been i think three weeks since our last regulation loss. Grubauer has certainly helped. I remember coming on this show earlier in the season or before it started saying that one of our biggest concerns would be Grubauer and his health. And it's been incredible. He's played out of his mind and even better than I could have ever thought. And honestly, the top line outside of Miko Rantanen, who's been almost leading the league in goals, hasn't been crazy hot. McKinnon's been a point per game, which for him is pedestrian. But it's been a lot of our, our depth guys, especially in this last recent stretch. A guy like Jonas Donskoy has scored at a blistering pace. He's at about 12 goals for the season. He's shooting at about 30%. And the real storyline with this Avalanche team right now is their defense and just how incredible it's been. And it's been the reason that they are actually winning these games because we've seen Avalanche teams, and not just the Avalanche, teams around the league that have these high-powered offenses that can't keep pucks out of their own net. But if you look at the Avalanche's defense, like if you were to go to Evolving Wild and look at the expected goals against over 60, the Avalanche lead the league in expected goals against, meaning they don't give up quality shots at all or a quantity of shots. They're above even Dallas by a wide margin. And if you look at just expected goals for in general, the Avalanche lead that category healthily as well. Guys like Kale McCarr have dominated since coming back from injury and 
really the emergence of Sam Gerrard this season as not just a top pair guy, but a guy who's even entered the Norris conversation. And the fact that we don't just have Kale McCarr in that conversation alone is absurd. And then you, even if you take those two out of the equation, you still have the addition of Devontae's who has been the absolute perfect puzzle piece. Absolute steal for you guys. Oh my goodness. He's a blues killer. Yeah. Yeah. Just the perfect trade for Joe Sackick in the offseason. I think his best since the Matt Duchesne trade. Mm-hmm. And you still have seconds, right? Yeah, two seconds, this second and the year after. I mean, yeah. hopefully those are going to be very, very late seconds. So that's almost It probably will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I mean, there's a lot clicking right now. I mean, the the top line and the second line, they alternate between, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say invisible, but sometimes ineffective. And mm-hmm. when they do that, the the depth can step up a lot. And when the depth is ineffective, it seems like the star players step up a lot. But the defense has been the most consistent. And just getting the addition of Makar has been excellent as well now that he's back from injury full time. Absolutely. And uh, by the way, Derek uh, commenting, uh, wow, that ass record. I wonder what that feels like. Because uh, I can't even imagine. I don't even know anymore. I really don't. I'm sure the Blues have been on. I'm I'm sure the Blues have been on this type of run before, but I don't remember. It's been that long. Um, Kind of forget what it's like after a little while when you start like because. Okay, so let's rewind a few weeks. We're in that early portion of March. I'm on one of my episodes, and I'm like, the Avalanche are inconsistent. Up and up until this point streak and this winning streak, up until they lost a shootout to Arizona to break the winning streak, they hadn't mm-hmm. won more than three games in a row more than once this season. That was back in January. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so there was the occasional stinker here and there. And now we haven't lost in almost three weeks. We're gaining at least a point every single night. And just this avalanche team is firing. Yeah, it's it's a hell of a run you're on. So like you know, the the trade deadline of course is coming up, and you know you would look at a team like the Avs and think, oh, you got everything you want. You don't need to go after anything. Uh, do you think the Avs make a move at the deadline? And can it please be for Taylor Hall so we can stop answering questions about <laughs> who the Blues will be giving up God. for Taylor Hall? Sorry, Diamond Des, it's a legit question, but me, uh, Mason, and I want no part of him. Nope. Sorry. <laughs> what do you think? When it comes to Taylor Hall, at least, that ship has definitely sailed with Colorado. I, I see no move like that, or even on that scale. Because the Avs were in on Hall last year, right? They, I believe they were one mm-hmm. of the finalists. I believe them and Nashville outside of Buffalo were one of the finest. I believe the Blues were as well, but yeah, we've yeah. the Blues have kind of flirted with Hall for, you know, yeah. like it feels like forever now, but they've never really taken that next step in the relationship. So. Thank yeah. God. So out, instead <laughs> yeah. of getting Taylor Hall, Colorado went out and traded for Brandon Saad instead. And Brandon Saad's been consistent. He's on a bit of a slump right now, but there's no need for a top six forward. As for what the Avalanche can do, uh, they went out and traded for Jonas Johansson a few weeks ago, which has played one game so far. And coincidentally, they lost that game. Take from that what you will. But from what I've seen, just specifically from... Elliot Friedman, that the Avalanche might be in that goalie market still. It depends on the health of Pavel Francouz and when he is going to be coming back. But I wouldn't be shocked if they don't make a move there. Really, what I see happening is just like tweaking around the very edges, just getting a few more bodies in here. I don't really think you need to alter the lineup that much. I think maybe you just 
add NHL bodies just because of the amount of injuries we've been dealing with this season, like especially on our defense with losing guys like McCarr and Byram seemingly consistently, just like another warm body on defense that was fine to be a seventh defenseman if the team is completely healthy because goaltending outside outside of the backup goaltending is fine. Grubauer's obviously been spectacular. No need to make a move there. There's no need for an addition in the top six. My only thing is I wouldn't mind an upgrade at third line center, but Tyson Jost specifically in the last three games has been much better. So maybe there's no need for that there. Just, I just would like a little more security with injuries. I think that just couldn't hurt come playoff time, especially since now that we've set such a precedent of having to deal with so many injuries. I just think sure. it hurt. Before we get to your question, Mason, you know, I will say that if the blues continue to play poorly, which is highly possible because they have, like the gauntlet coming up, you know, with Colorado, Vegas, the bulk of Colorado, the bulk of Vegas, the bulk of Minnesota, like seven of eight games that they'll play this year coming up. Um, you know, if the Blues become sellers, you know, Mason, I could see a guy like Tyler Bozak, you know, maybe being dealt at the deadline. You know, if he wants to get that For cup sure. again, you know, he might he might come out and say, you know, hey, you know, I would like to go to a contender. You know, it's my final. He's a pending unrestricted free agent. So that's that's key. Um, but, you know, maybe that would be someone if you're looking at a third line center. You know, Bozak's been very solid for us, you know, in that role. Um, I mean, you, you 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 don't expect him to be a superstar. Otherwise, he'll be disappointed. But he's just been a very solid two way center for us. Maybe he'd be a guy that Colorado would look at. That could be very interesting. I believe Bozak makes five million, correct? So five, half of that yeah. yeah. two point five. I would have to do all the cap math and everything there. Well, but- we need we need defense, like you know, badly. So, like, if you have like a spare defenseman that makes you know maybe more than you know the minimum, you know that you know we we, we might we might be interested in taking that back as an offset. <laughs> Maybe Kale McCarr, like me. No, we can drink. Yeah, you know, we got, we'll, if you got the, Kale McCarr, we'll take Devin one for one. I feel like that's fair. Yeah, I mean, you never know, right? Expiring contract for superstar defense. You got to keep it reasonable, right? I I appreciate the thought, Mason. Of course, always looking out for you. Yeah. Although, although I don't know if Leafs fans would want to trade Tyler Bozak for for Devin Taves because you know Bozak's kind of a legend up there. So no, maybe not. No. Nah, nah. That you know how Leafs fans are, Mason. Oh yeah, we know. Reasonable. We know. Please Very, very, very reasonable people. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so Mason, uh, you're up next. Definitely. When if you were to tell a blues fan what the biggest story going right now for the Avs is, what is it? Because we don't know anything about Avs hockey. We're too we focused played on being sad. We're too focused on being sad in our own team. We'd like to know what it's like to what what good stories are like on other teams. So please just like I guess make us happy. Yeah, happy time. Happy time. When it comes to the Avalanche, there's not really one like specific story that has dominated recently. Obviously, negativity will always rise to the top. So goaltending, the the backup goaltending has definitely been the, the brunt of the conversation. It it gets magnified by a ton when Grubauer is not playing. It's all it's all you see if you go on Avs Twitter. It's how we need better goaltending. We need to go get another goalie. This guy sucks, whether it is Jonas Johansson or when it was Hunter Miska. And I'm sure if Adam Warner comes in at some point as well, it will be him. And on a more positive side, it's just now that the Avalanche are playing consistently and just barely – well, not barely. They are, they're beating a lot of the teams they should be. I mean, just barely losing to Vegas the other night for their first like real loss in a little bit. I mean, it's just 
things have been kind of rolling right now. There's not been a ton to complain about. There's some I've seen some people talk about Nathan McKinnon, and maybe there's still more to give for him there. And mm-hmm. it seems like something that's popped up more recently is the Grubauer extension, since he's going to be an unrestricted free agent after this season. And I'm sure you guys can give us some insights on goaltending extensions yeah right mason yeah we're we're we're, we're optimistic about that six years six hey million you dollars. and wags were saying oh that's a wonderful deal and i was here saying that's terrible i mean i guess and then, in a few years but i think i'm right on this one tom okay you know i I've gone from positive to neutral on it. I think there, I think better days for Bennington are coming up. Um, you know, he's, he, you know, keep in mind, he's got to play behind a blues defense that has basically gotten rid of every people mover, you know, on the roster and has replaced them with smallish, you know, puck moving types that apparently don't move the puck very well. Cause they can't get out of their own zone. Yep. Not that, not that I'm bitter about that or anything, but uh, no, no, yeah. Never. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't know a lot of goaltenders that would have a lot of success right now in the NHL playing behind um, the blues defense as it currently stands right now, Mason. Yeah, that's so. probably true. That Thatcher Demko deal though. Yeah. Made us five, look like idiots, didn't it? Five Woo! year, five mil. And you know what? I think if you asked a lot of fans, you know, who, who would you rather have Thatcher Demko at five and five or, Bennington at six for six. I think I think they'd want Demko. I think they want Demko. Oh my god! Do you want a a younger goalie at a cheaper price for one less year, or do you want an older goalie who's less good, who's also more expensive? I I mean, Bennington's only I think he's twenty seven. So like you know he's he's over the hill. No, he's not that old. Nah, Isn't Demko like twenty three, twenty four? Oh, hang on, twenty five. No, you're right. You're right. Twenty eight. Twenty eight. Yeah. Twenty seven. Yeah. So it's not the worst thing in the world, but yeah. Um, and then Demko, I think I I know I know Demko is still very young because he's always a guy I go after in my and uh, EA Sports NHL uh, franchise modes. He's twenty five years old, so bright future ahead for that kid. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Um, so let's game back to the Blues and Abs. We have to because we we have you on the show, so we have to talk about that. Um, if the Blues have a snowball's chance in hell at getting Forget a win. I, I I was gonna ask you if they have the chance of getting a win, getting a point out of this series. What is there anything that the Blues can exploit uh, from from Colorado? You mentioned the backup goalie for you, uh, Johansson for you guys is not very good. But is there any anything else that the Blues could target? I'd say you gotta get lucky. Honestly, I mean, one question. One He's not question. wrong. He's not wrong. No, I'm laughing because he's not wrong. <laughs> One question I explored on my show after our set against Minnesota where we outscored them 11-1 to 1 is how do you beat the Avalanche when they play like this? And to be honest, I couldn't really come up with a solid answer other than just you kind of have to hope that maybe they're not firing on all cylinders. And that's kind of what happened to the loss against Vegas in on over the weekend where we didn't really play our best. I'd say we played probably our worst game since a six, two loss to the sharks. And we still came out of that with a point in a three, two decision. And the overtime goal by Pacioretty was scored because Devontae's broke his stick, trying to clear the puck out of the crease. The avalanche still could have gotten two points out of that one. And that was the first time I think they'd been outshot in a, at least three weeks. They'd been yeah. heavily out shooting everybody. And it, you just gotta you gotta start from the top down. It's just what is the biggest strength of this Avalanche team? Okay, it's the star powers. All right, so you got you gotta find a way to shut down 
Nathan McKinnon. And that's been done a few times this season. There have been certain nights when Nathan McKinnon just hasn't been very good. But then you got to look at his line mate, Miko Rantanen. All right, well, you shut down mm-hmm. McKinnon, so now you've shut down Rantanen's main means of getting the puck, but he's still a sniper. And for the most part, Rantanen especially recently has been blazing hot. So you, you've really got to focus your efforts on those two. And if you shut those two down, Landeskog is not going to do much outside of being in front of the net and being a physical body. He's just not that same kind of skill player. But then you got to worry about what's happening on the back end as now their defense has turned into a juggernaut as well. Start at the top, Kale McCarr. There's, there are nights where he's not the best player in the world. I will admit that. But there's not a lot you can do to exploit him other than the fact that he just hasn't been around too long. And maybe you can exploit some inexperiences along the way as he still develops into the player he could still be, which is terrifying, by the way. And then Sam Girard has also emerged as a, not, I wouldn't, I'm, he's not going to be a finalist for the Norris, but he's entered the conversation. Mm-hmm. He, him and Devon Tays have just added a whole nother layer to this avalanche team. And like, and just look how long I've been talking about trying to strip back the layers and just what you have to do to break down this avalanche team. I got to be honest when this avalanche team plays to their best, like they did against Minnesota and like they did in the first game against Las Vegas, they they're not going to lose. They're simply won't beat them without a sensational performance in that. That's just been my belief. Well, uh, Derek points out that, uh, you know, of course, the Blues have been ravaged with injuries this year. Like they were down, I think, two full forward lines at one point and like half of their, you know, six starters on defense were out like at the same time. Uh, so Derek's uh, opines that maybe we're too quick to judge where the Blues are heading. We're just starting to get guys back. Uh, I did uh, hear today, Mason, that Barbashev might play yes. Friday. Uh, yeah. Ruby said it's quite possible. Uh, also, Pareko is skating again. Um, they, I saw a video huge. of him skating, which is it, he is a huge player. That's also huge for him getting, you know, coming back as well. Um, you know, because you know you, you want to talk about people movers. You know, you know, oh, there's old Pareko for you. Um, so, uh, but Ruby mentioned that's a kind of a different situation uh, than than Barbashev. So he might still be at least a week or two out. I, I, the the, the issue with Pareko was with his back. You know, he's, he's he's basically been playing with a bad back probably for a while, you know, just mm-hmm. kind of based you on how tell. he's played. Yeah. And, and you could tell and, and something had to be done about that. So uh, it was actually uh, it was a, it was a couple of vertebrae. Right. That was. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. So yeah. that's that's that that's a situation, obviously, with backs you want to be uh, very, uh, very delicate with. So, you know, hopefully we see Pareko at some point. But if the Blues are in the swoon and. You know, all they're going to be competing for is the right to get clapped by, you know, Vegas or Colorado in the first round. Maybe you just sit him for the rest of the year in Mason. Yeah, definitely. I really think so. I mean, you know, he's you could tell that this defensive card just it's not the same without him. Uh, you know, you've, you we're losing so much, not because of especially the last three games. We're not losing because our, you know, our offense isn't firing, because if you look at it, we are out shooting so many people. We're out shooting these guys by so much. Yeah. Uh, so we're just, we're, know, just, we're just shooting right into the crest, though, of the goaltender, which is, you know, right, just, but we're still not, generating offense. We're still generating offense. It's just that our defense, when the other team does get the puck and go into our zone, we can't defend it. And so Prego is no. going to be huge coming back to that. So let's uh, we'll flat out real talk now. Do you think the abs will finish on top of Vegas and Minnesota? Are they going first in the division? 
I believe they will. Yes, but it really I comes agree. Down, it really comes down to this final series at the end of April between the Avalanche and the Golden Knights because we have very similar Ooh. schedules heading down the stretch and the difference right now is one point and one game in hand for Vegas on both sides. They have one point mm-hmm. on us and one game in hand and we gained one point on them in that last series and Unless they just go on a cold streak, it's going to be tough to pass them. It's going to come down to really those final two games because when you can, when you look at our strength of schedule, if you go to tankathon.com, they have a good strength of schedule measurement. The Avalanche have the fourth easiest schedule left. They have two games <laughs> against Vegas and two games against Minnesota. And unfortunately, the Blues didn't register on that despite the fact that we have six games against them because you guys aren't done with me after this weekend yeah. oh, I know. Well, we have the hardest we arguably have the hardest number one it is the hardest schedule in the league and that's yep i was gonna ask you guys about that in a little bit how you feel about that but to finish my point i do believe that the avalanche are going to finish on top i i predicted them to finish on top at the start of the season they haven't gotten there yet just because they they started a little slow and vegas just grabbed the lead and hasn't relented yet but i think by the end of the season we'll just barely eke out vegas i'm not saying we're gonna run away with it but even then like something i've been thinking about the last like 24 hours or so is does it really matter all that much outside of the the second round i mean having home ice in the second round is going to matter yeah but, like we're in the playoffs we're going to have home ice in the first round like if the if we miss out on the top seed by one or two points i'm not gonna be like smashing tables heartbroken right. It's, just, right. it's really a question of are we gonna play minnesota in the first round or St. Louis or Arizona, if we get the top yeah. team, because I, you guys have a lot of ground to make up with Minnesota. Mm, and we I know, yeah, we, we know. know we are quite aware. We are eating we are sauce dust as we speak right now. Yeah, it is. It is. It's bad. Um, yeah, and, and fun with that. yeah. And, 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 you know, I, I'm sad. We're even in the, at this point, as Derek points out, um, you know, you and Vegas have similar schedules because you look at everyone else in the division and scoff, you know, which is, you know, which is true. And unfortunately, the Blues are mired in that. You know, we're we're going to have an epic race for fourth place with the LA Kings and the Arizona Coyotes. You know, fantastic hockey coming oh, up. Oh, wonderful! I can't believe but, it. If you would have told me at the beginning but, of the season that we'd be fighting a playoff spot with freaking Los Angeles and Arizona, yeah. I would have yeah. I would have called you a total idiot. But yeah. uh, like I, I said before the season, I straight up said I think the Avs are going to make it to the final. I think the Maple Leafs are going to make it to the final. That was those were my picks. Yeah, I no, yeah I have it, the Maple Leafs winning. I have the Maple. I had the Maple Leafs winning. And I, I think I'm going to stick by that. I think I'm going to stick by that. Uh, but still, I I I knew that you guys were going to be good this year. And you know, after that eight nothing loss, I knew. I knew. <laughs> you you brought it up, not me. I said. I, yeah. I know. I know. I did. But it's true. Like I, I'm just. I, I'm just. I'm telling people this because I'm letting them know I'm not an idiot. Like a lot of people think that my mm-hmm. takes terrible. I'm not. I'm not totally. I know what I'm talking about sometimes. So, we are. We are basically the Blues right now are basically like Julius Caesar after like the thirtieth stab wound. You know, there's there's this one ugly scar going down the middle of the chest. That was the eight nothing abs loss for the Blues, but that's mostly healed up now, and everyone's focusing on the most recent you know stab wounds of of Caesar right now. That's the Blues. 
right now. There's there's there there's so much blood. It, it's bad. Um, and, and by the way, you know, we we, we, were, we were talking about you know the race for fourth place. Uh, uh, you know, of course, we're friends with Corey and Richie, uh, the sporty with Corey and Richie show in Arizona, and we were talking about the race for fourth place. And guess what? They they they're like us. They don't want fourth place in Arizona. They actually would rather not go to the playoffs because they are similarly not as confident in the Coyotes as they are with the Blues. And, you know, the Blues are so depleted right now. I would actually prefer if they missed the playoffs and entered the lottery and got, you know, even if it's like around the pick number 10 would be great because, you know, the Blues prospect cupboard is bare right now. I would love Dylan Gunther because Gunther and neighbors played together in WHL and they still are. They have great chemistry. They're like Dreisaitl and McDavid. I would love that. Yeah. Yeah, he, he, he's a good player for sure. And, you know, one final question for you, uh, Griffin, then you can uh, fire at us here and we're kind of talking about prospects. On the day that we are, you know, doing this show, uh, the Avs signed 2019 first-round pick Alex Newhook to an entry-level contract. Yeah. He's, he's a guy that's been talked about a lot in prospect circles. Uh, what, are, uh, what are Avs fans expecting out of uh, Alex going forward? Well, as the Avalanche, like, they're, they're in their cup-contending window right now. We have mm-hmm. some contracts coming up. And really the Avalanche's prospect pool, when you compare it to their cup contending window is just, it's unfair really yeah. because Nazem Kadri is not going to be around forever. And mm-hmm. I think we kind of expect Alex Newhook to plug right into that at some point, maybe not, wow. maybe not next season, yeah. but pretty, pretty soon. Obviously Alex Newhook signed today, 16th overall pick in 2019 for everybody who doesn't know. He just finished up with Boston College. He had 16 points in 12 games. We're not expecting a superstar, but we are expecting that we have a top six center on our hands for the most part. We'd we'd be pretty shocked if he didn't. I think he did. I think you do. I've had the privilege of watching a few college games this year. And uh, I've, you know, I studied Boston College. I studied UMass, all these big schools. And especially, you know, it's easy to pick him out from the crowd. You know, he's so quick with the puck. And what's nice is the Blues can use a guy like that. He's a grinder. Yeah. He's a grinder, but he's not dirty. And that's what I really respect about him is, you know, he's a hitter. He's a grinder. He's not dirty. He's a lot like Kyle Clifford in that extent. Yeah, and it's just it's it does it's not even just Alex Newhook for the prospect pool. The Avalanche have done mm-hmm. extremely well with drafting in recent years. I mean, I mean, Bo Byram is 19 years old and he's already playing top four minutes for the Avalanche, and that's he's amazing. Not, he's not even impressive. the last ones. I mean, I'm blank. I'm blanking on a few of the names just because prospects are admittedly my blind spot a little bit. But I'm the same way. But yeah, yeah, there's. Once contracts expire, there's going to be very little issue with mm-hmm. replacing them. And yeah. it, it's a luxury. This team has a luxury right now. The way that they handled being last place a few years ago has set this franchise up for, I'd say, at least a decade of sustained success. Because you still have the primes of McKinnon. You're not even close to the prime of McCarr. You're not even close to a developed Bo Byram yet. And you're, you haven't even finished reaching into your prospect pool yet so the our cup window hasn't even opened all the way yet yeah until the cupboard is completed or depleted that is it's still wide open yeah and by the way it's an interesting you know kind of contrast of philosophies there between the blues and ass because you're talking about the ass being prepared to let a Nazem Kadri go in the future uh maybe some of your other older you know uh, forwards as well to, to make way for the new blood 
Uh, the Blues said kind of fuck that. And uh, Braden Shen, here's an eight-year contract. Jordan Biddington, here's a six-year contract. Justin Falk, here's a seven-year contract for you. Corey Cruz, here's a seven-year seven contract. contract. You know, and just and it, it's it's I get it. They won the cup with this core, and you know they want to keep the window open. But it's like at the same time, like you know, Jordan Biddington's going to be a blue probably for all six years of that contract. Let's face it. I mean, unless, oh, I know that. That's why I yeah. hated it. Yeah, I knew I'm, it. I'm I'm starting to come to grips with that, but like. He's going to be there at the expense of youngsters like Colton Ellis, who we had, you know, on on Blue Notes a couple weeks ago. He's just he, he this is a goaltender that just set the all time career shutout record in the QMJHL at 18, which is unreal. Considering the, considering the QMJHL is an offense slap happy league. Right. Um, you know, and of, the of all the juniors. season record. Didn't he set the single yeah. season record single as well? Single season record. Yep, he got the single season re- record as well. Phenomenal talent Nuts. blocked by Bennington. Joel Hofer, the goaltender that led uh, Canada to the World uh, uh, Juniors in 2020. He was probably the reason they won that freaking tournament. Oh, yeah. you know, he was their he, he was it. their MVP. Now he's blocked by Bennington. You know, it just it just to me, it just feels like Mason. You know, I wish the Blues maybe I, you hate to see, you know the favorites go you know like i know brayden shen's becoming a favorite i'm actually the shen contract i'm okay with i think i think i think i think i think he'll be fine maybe the last couple years it might be a little ugly um but you hate to see favorites go so i get that but it just it feels it just feels like mason they're mortgaging the future here big time and yeah a little bit and, and maybe in the maybe in about five years the blues are in a blackhawks detroit situation yeah, well, hey, Blackhawks are getting out of it pretty damn quickly. They got real lucky on some of their drafts. I know they yeah, are. Like, uh, without Bill Armstrong, we're not going to be half as good. Yeah. Uh, it drafts as you know we were. Yeah, uh, they're the you know you want you don't want us to you don't want us to fall down a Detroit path especially or a Senators yeah. path especially. So and keep in just mind, just got to focus on now. Just got to focus on now. Keep in mind, Chicago won its Stanley Cups in the modern era because they decided to give a youngster named Corey Crawford a chance, and that mm-hmm. worked out very well. This year, Malcolm Subban was supposed to be their starter. They decided to give this youngster named Kevin Lankinen a chance, and he's been phenomenal for them. I mean, talk about getting lucky. Where did where did he where did this guy come from? Like Kevin Lankin? I have no freaking idea. I have no freaking idea. Know. He's. I remember I was scrolling through hockey Twitter and it's like Kevin Lankin and just got his eleventh win. I'm like fucking who? Yeah, who? Yeah, exactly. Well, like I, I'm in our uh, we have a fantasy hockey league with uh, THPN and of course I'm I'm in it and uh, am am I playing you this week, Griffin? I'm not. I'm not in that one. Oh, you're not in. Okay, I, I, gotcha. I joined like a few days after you guys finalized. Gotcha, that. gotcha, gotcha. That's cool. But yeah, I I, I drafted Bennington. I drafted Mrazic, and I drafted uh, Blackwood for my goaltenders. Mrazic's still hurt. You know, he's got mm-hmm. a broken thumb. Uh, Blackwood lost a lot of time due to COVID. And when I was desperate for a goaltender, here's Kevin Lincoln and to save my team. And now we're my team's first in the league. Humble brag. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just Chicago keeps getting lucky. It's, it's, it's not fair. Um, goaltending is voodoo. It always has been voodoo and it always will be. And just, I'm, I'm, I'm with Mason on this, the Bennington contract. I'd be very, very uncomfortable with it. You, I don't, you don't think you commit that money and that term to a goalie if he's not a bona fide. Mm-hmm. At least start I mean, not. I don't mean, like it then. I don't like it now, and I'm not going to like it later. 
I mean, to be fair, I mean, the, the full no trade expires after year three with Bennington's contract. So, I mean, I guess in theory he could be moved, but right. But like, goaltenders, it's not happen. goaltenders it's not happen. You, you don't, you don't see a lot of goaltender trades in the NHL no. where you get a good return. You know, it just, it, it is an absolute uh, buyer's market for, for goalies in NHL right now. So yeah. we'll see, I guess we'll see. So we, we have talked about the abs a lot here, Griffin, and we have lamented on our blues pretty much this whole time. Uh, what do you have for us? So as we talked about, the blues have the toughest schedule of any team in the NHL. And I'm sure you guys mm-hmm. are all too aware that the coyotes are not, are not just <laughs> nipping on your heels. They are dragging you down into the abyss. Like give me a scale of one to 10. How concerned are you guys that the blues are not making the playoffs? It is one the worst? Ten's the worst. Ten is Ten's the worst. We are, we are literally missing the playoffs. And I'm okay. Uh, I'm at about a 46. Uh, what do you think, Mason? <laughs> I'm at a 29. 29. Okay. You're a little more optimistic than I am, but not by much. Not um, by much. Uh, well, I don't. It's the different. It's the thing because I don't want to make the playoffs. Because yeah. now I've shifted. Ever, well, after that Anaheim series, I said, I don't want to make the playoffs. I don't. Because I don't want to, I said this, I've said this literally thousands of times, not only on this podcast, but on my actual channel. I've said, I don't want to make it just barely scrape by into the playoffs, only to get bent over a table for four straight games by Vegas or Colorado. I don't want that. Go for a lottery pick. It'll help you out in the future. This season's a wash. It was a weird season anyway, only 56 games. <laughs> it's not, I don't think it's a real season. Of course it's a real season, but like, not really. So if we take, I don't care. Like if we lose every game the rest of the season, I don't really give a damn. Yeah, we've been we we we've been beaten in the chops this year. Um, we are wounded. We have some expiring contracts coming up. Um, it's time to reload and uh, just you know just <laughs> this season here. I I think that's what they need to do. I'm with Mason on that. You guys definitely picked an interesting draft to do that without all the. The high end talent in the top fifteen, like we and no scouting years past, and, 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 and like no and scouting. Yeah, no. it, it's it's going to be a weird draft because you're basically going off past reputation and like elite prospects essentially for this this draft. Pretty basically. much, yeah. So with St. Louis, like this has been what's fascinated me so much. Like, what happened? Like, what's the problem here? Because we've I've, I've kept up <laughs> oh, with boy. the Blues and like, okay, they're um, not. They're not competing for the top spot. Okay, maybe that was to be expected with how good Vegas and Colorado are. But all of a sudden, I'm checking again, and now they're slowly starting to fall behind Vegas. And then all of a sudden, I take a look at their last stretch of games, and I'm like, where are – have they won any? Like, regulation wins? Hello? Paging? Like, oh, March 3rd was the last one. What the hell's going on here, guys? Like, what's the biggest problem? Want to say it together, Tom? Yep. Three, two, one. We, we don't know. We don't know what's going on. It's 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 so many things, and yet you can't put your finger on one thing and say this is the obvious problem right here. You can suspect Craig Berube and kind of maybe how he's handled Mike Hoffman a little bit and some of the other players. Because Mike Hoffman's a third-line player on this team. Mike Hoffman is not a third-line player for a lot of teams, and yet Berube just doesn't like the guy, I think. I And I, and I really, honestly, after watching Hoffman, I kind of don't blame him a little bit just because Hoffman's really. so one-dimensional. 
but give the guy at least a little bit of a chance. I mean, he's, well, he's maybe... getting a chance now. He's on the top six. Apart- yeah, I saw practice, that. And he is. So hopefully that turns into something. But if it I... doesn't, I want him out. Like, I'm not kidding. I love Mike Hoffman. I've made so many videos. My two most popular videos on my channel, besides the, me freaking out the Jake Allen trade, was Mike Hoffman to St. Louis Blue. I love Mike Hoffman. I was like, Blues fans have been wanting this for years. Now they finally got it. Let's do it. Now – I'm starting to realize why they didn't sign him because he's just not the right fit. If he doesn't work out in the top six, I say trade him. Hoffman's a guy that you need to set things up just perfectly for him in order for him to be effective. There's a lot of setup that involves with him from other players besides himself. Like mm-hmm. I, I, I respect that Mike Hoffman practices safe social distancing on the ice by avoiding any other opponent, you know, at least six feet or more. Because if there is an opponent within that six feet bubble, he's useless. He's worthless. Yeah. Uh, but if he's wide open in the Ovechkin circle, you know, he can clap it and he can score. You know, that's that that's his rep. Um, but yeah, it's just, he's not my favorite type of player. And, you know, I, but I, at the same time, I think he deserved a better chance, uh, from him. And, you know, he just, if, if you're going to sign a guy who's one thing that he can do is shoot, um, maybe utilize him, you know, so that, you know, he's in better positions to do his thing. Cause he's not going to help you on defense. He's not going to be a playmaker. He just shoots, damn it. And that's all he does. And the blues have not really utilized him the best. So that's one issue. Um, other issue injuries, like I said earlier, we had, uh, uh, at one point, you know, full, like two full forward lines, you know, of, of like our opening, if you look at our opening day lines, half of that was injured at one point. Mm-hmm. And then like two or three defenders were out at the same time as well. We have had, you know, to, you know, play guys like Sam Annis, you know, who the hell is Sam Annis? Well, he played, he played, you he was up, up with the blues. He, he is a, he is a real person. You made that up. Just now. Dakota, Dakota Joshua. No, real guy. Real guy. I never even heard of Dakota Joshua's name before the season. I didn't know who that was. And then he comes in, scores a goal in his first game, and it becomes like literally one of the Blues' most consistent enforcers. It's uh, it's, okay. it's so weird. It's so weird. Dakota was a, like like a, uh, a just kind of like an AHL filler guy they signed last year back when they had San Antonio as their affiliate. He played all year in San Antonio, and he was just – a guy. He was literally mm-hmm. just a, a warm body to put in, a, in the AHL that maybe could be a fourth liner someday. Um, mm-hmm. He comes up and plays for the Blues, and he knocks Ryan Reeves on his ass. You know, the first the first game against Vegas that earned a lot of respect. We call yeah. him the kill. We, we we call him the killer here in in St. Louis for a reason, man, because he's he's I, I like his style. Thanks. Balls, and you know balls. he he may have earned an NHL role with the Blues. I mean, at the very least, you know, as a, maybe like another Mackenzie McEachern type of uh-huh. worth line grinder that splits time between the ice and the press box. Um, but yeah, you you've had to fill in with guys like that, Jake Wallman, who at one point was a prospect, and we're seeing why he's not a prospect. He can skate, he can shoot, um, and he can't do much else. That sounds familiar. Who 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 else uh, just shoots and skates? Oh, Hoffman. Yeah, but he's he's basically the defensive version of, of Hoffman, which is not good. Not good. Yeah. Um, yeah. you know, uh, Vince Dunn, I think, has regressed this year. Oh, yeah. Hardcore. Um, hardcore. And it's to the point where the thought of losing him to Seattle would have been just unfathomable at the beginning of the season. You would you would you you would have in theory protected him over Justin Falk. Definitely. You know, in, in that draft. Now Justin Falk. We love Justin Falk. He's we love great. Justin Falk. He's lovely. He is the Justin Falk of twenty like fourteen. You know when he was, you know when he was great for Carolina. It's it's He's been amazing. He's making that contract look good. You couldn't have told me at the beginning of the season that he makes that contract look damn good. 
He actually, he actually does. It, I, it is, it is absolutely remarkable. He's not the problem on 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 the Blues defense, not by, not by a long shot. Yeah, um, Vince, guys like Jake Wallman, Vince Dunn, they're 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 the problem. And so, yeah, you're you're probably exposing Dunn at this point and saying Bon Voyage to Seattle. And you know what? Fine. Like, yeah, definitely. I, w- I wouldn't <laughs> shed any tears over it. Well, what if we no. what if we start talking about the good things? Because there's a lot of good storylines in this. Such as to kill a Joshua. He's yeah. a great story. I love him. Tarasenko's back and he looks Yay! amazing. Tarasenko's actually, yeah. been unbelievable. That's another story. Like if you're talking about what what's a big story with the Blues besides the fact they suck, um, it is the fact that Vladimir Tarasenko. I can I, I feel confident in saying he's back. Yeah. He is the he is the Tarasenko. He's not the Tarasenko that showed up last year for the uh, round robin in the first not round of the playoffs. Ball. Tentative, you know, not sure of himself. Kind of, you know, maybe lost a step or two. He's back to the Tarasenko of old, so oh, I'm. That is such a relief because we were also talking about exposing him to Seattle at one point. We uh, were <laughs> just, just, just such. A, and the theory would have been okay. He's damaged goods. Seattle wouldn't take him in his contract, but now I think if you expose yes, Tarasenko to oh, Seattle, yes, they, they they'd be all over that shit. Oh, they so. take him just like that. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, no question. Yeah, well, no question at all. They take him. He's back, no and you know, and, and you and you and you know what? I I I will say this: Braden Shen is quickly becoming. Not maybe not my number one favorite blue, but like my number two or three, just yeah. because you know, you know the the he 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 can he can do a lot of things for you. He can play all over the forward line. Uh, he mostly plays center, but he's been playing a little wing uh, mm-hmm. lately. And um, the fact that after Bobby Plager died, he came out like in the first period, like that at puck drop and dropped the gloves at center ice with Ryan so Hartman of Minnesota Wild. That was that that was a moment. And then even the, and then they lost that game because it's the blues. And then yeah. the next then the next game he does it again. Yeah. Like I don't think I don't think I don't think it was right at face off that game, but it was like very 15 early. Fifteen seconds. seconds in, drops the gloves. He it, it's it's just he is a heart and soul guy. And honestly, Definitely. Mason, I'm kind of wondering if maybe he was the better choice for captain. No, no, no. I you don't like think you're, you're, you're not ready to I'm still on the O'Reilly no. train. Because Brandon Shed, oh. he's good. He's good. He's a 200 foot player, and I, he does everything. He's definitely assistant captain material. He doesn't quite have the leadership role. You don't see, you don't hear about Braden Shen in practice helping people with their game. Ryan O'Reilly sure. does that. Yeah, Braden Shen does that. Is do true. That. It's not. I mean, it's not who he is as a person, right? Yeah, it's, and there's not not a not a knock on him or anything like that. But I mean, you know, he's just he's not he's assistant captain for sure, and he's definitely earned it. He is certainly not quite. He's not a captain material, unfortunately. Maybe you're, he is on some other team, not on the Blues. Ryan O'Reilly is was the best candidate in my opinion. I'm glad yeah. they chose him. Another great story, and this one goes unnoticed by a lot of people. Kyle Clifford. Yeah, insane. He has he has been surprisingly good for us. Like you know, he started he scored goals like it's 2014 again. It's not. <laughs> it's been a little bit of a drought right now. But other than that, he's been great. He's hitting right now. He's still being the enforcer. He's Max still getting effort. on people's nerves. He is quick. I yeah. didn't realize how fast he was until I actually he was on the Blues and skating. He beats a lot of most. He's probably one of the top, probably top ten fastest skaters on the Blues. He's quick. Well, he, well, yeah, maybe even top five. I mean, he's maybe he's been top a, five. He's been a surprise because when when the Blues signed him, they signed him to a you know a cheap two year deal in the offseason. I think mm-hmm. he makes like a million per Great year. Contract. And at the time, I was like, what? what 
what the what are the people, yeah i was like what the like, fuck are they, the fuck are they doing here because they have they have so many <laughs> they have so many grindy mcgrinders you know that can fill the fourth line i mean half of them sit in the press box and half of them play on the ice that's how many they have and you're adding another one what the hell's the deal here but seeing right. clifford on the ice he'll give you a big goal you know when, when, when you know i mean he's he, he's he's surprisingly clutch um he he plays with effort uh he'll drop of course you know clifford he'll drop the mitts as well and um, you know he's he, he's a really good heart and soul guy for this team. That uh, I feel I feel like you know of course it's not really reflective on the Blues' record, but I feel the Blues are kind of lacking that a little bit when Pat Maroon left. You know Maroon yeah. was Maroon was you know physical. He was uh, he was a chirper, and you know he was really kind of a, just that moxie guy for the Blues that helped them win the cup. And I feel Clifford is probably in that same role in that same uh, same avenue. Definitely. Yeah, when it comes to the Blues, I, I remember Kyle Clifford being a pretty solid player in that first game of the season mm-hmm. or the yeah. season opener. That he scored the four to one goal, I believe. Yeah. I mean, that that opening series against the Blues, I didn't think that'd be our last matchup against the Blues until friggin' April. But that <laughs> re- it really just you guys saw all you needed to see with how the Avalanche's early season had gone. The don't show up one night and then you they show up the next night. Yeah. Very, very emphatically. That's just how the team was very early in the season. Mm-hmm. And so moving on to the the Blues, Nike, n- nothing about this season, but what's going to happen this offseason? Because the West, let's face it, this is a, this is a terrible division. And I'm, <laughs> yeah. I'm frankly shocked that the Blues are clinging for dear life. Even after all the problems you've described, I'm still sitting here thinking like, yeah, but it's like the Kings, though, and the Ducks, like... Like this to me, like this is very dramatic. And obviously I'm not in on the blues like you guys are, but this seems like the kind of season where there are changes made, like maybe not the head coach getting fired, but maybe some shuffling of the deck chairs, the assistants, maybe some, some players get booted out the door. What do you, what do you guys think? Is there any changes coming this off season? Cause I'd see this as a failure considering this division. There oh, will yeah. be changes. There will be players move. Some you expect, some you probably don't. I mean, Armstrong mm-hmm. likes to surprise us, you know, with the like, like the Brayton Shen trade, for instance. You know, when they got him from Philadelphia uh, for you know the cocaine addict Yuri Laterra and two first rounders, <laughs> um, that 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 came out of nowhere. Uh, I oh mean, yeah, there was there was zero rumors, zero speculation. All of a sudden, we just saw the tweet: "Bam, Blues acquire Brayton Shen." That's that's it. Uh, and the O'Reilly deal was kind of the same thing because I remember like, you know, fretting on uh, the opening day of uh, free agency and the Blues had signed David Perron, which at the time I was like, oh, God, David Perron again. But he's thankfully this iteration of Perron is way better than this. You know, he was in his first two stints. So, I mean, he's been phenomenal. I don't want him to go ever. Um, and, uh, you know, they signed Tyler Bozak, who was. Oh God! This is our number one center. Jeez, Louise Tyler Bozak for five mil. I really mil? like that signing. Actually, I really it, liked it. It's it's turned out I was, fine. I was a fan it, of that one when that it's, broke. It's 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 turned out good. I will say that Tyler mm-hmm. Bozak's been perfectly fine in, in a third line role. Having Tyler Bozak as your third line center that's that, that's like premium right there. He's a second line guy on a lot He's of good. teams. Um, you know, maybe not anymore, but at the time he was. And Definitely. then and then. A lightning bolt, you know, from the heavens comes down later that afternoon when Pierre Lebrun says, hearing Ryan O'Reilly has been traded to the St. Louis Blues. I lost my 
shit over that because well i said well no when that broke out i'm like we traded tarasenko didn't we but to get him yeah yeah and then we i didn't... saw and it was three third liner it was two third yeah. liners and a fourth liner so you're then you're, a first round draft pick and i was like okay we're gonna do good this season so i don't care about that and a second round draft pick and i'm like Doug Armstrong, hello. Are you okay? I I loved everything about the the idea of Ryan O'Reilly before he was a blue, just because of you know the things you read about that you know he's the first one at, at the rink, last one to leave. Uh, uh, he puts out max effort. He's a good you know teammate. Uh, great you know he as Mason pointed out, he helps out other players. Um, he he can score. He can play make. He wins faceoffs. He's like a Swiss Army knife, you know, for yeah. for a center. That's what the Blues needed. And when the trade, you know, when, when LeBron announced it, it wasn't known for at least another like 20, 30 minutes who the Blues actually gave up for. So you're thinking, wow, they got O'Reilly, but they had to give up someone pretty nice for that. Not nope. really. Well, I was yeah. happy. The only piece of that trade that I was sad to see go was Sabotka because he, we just went through all I that cage. <laughs> well, I, I was, well, no, I was because he done came with him. Well, I really was. I really liked his speed. Is why I yeah. really liked him, and uh, and all that KHL drama. And it was like him I, coming back, and I was like, "Oh, look, I'm so glad." So that's the only one that I was even semi sad to miss. For one, worth noting, Saboka is no longer in the league, yeah. um, and that's because well, you know when he he was a moxie guy for the Blues before he went to the KHL. He was a spark plug. He was actually very popular here in St. Louis just because of the way he played. Then mm-hmm. he goes to the KHL. Comes back, but his cojones don't make it through customs, and he is just a shell of what he what he was before. He was not the same player that he was before he went to the KHL. So you get rid of his. I think he was making three and a half bill contract. You get rid of Patrick Berglund's three point eight million dollar contract, oh, that one was bad. which I I couldn't stand. Patrick Berglund after a while because six foot four, two hundred twenty pound centers should not be as soft as a, as a Charmin teddy bear. Okay. Yeah. And he was soft. He was so soft. He wasn't a scorer. He wasn't a playmaker. He wasn't particularly great at faceoffs. I don't know what the hell he actually offered to the team. He was a a while. He was a guy who rallied the troops. That's it. That's about great. He's a great guy, but I'm not going to do it. Great great teammate, but can't play hockey. (laughs) You're you're, you're a great teammate. Here's $4 million. Splash. Yeah. No, no, It, it, it was a bad contract. And, uh, uh, d- the fact that he was that, that Doug Armstrong was able to get the Buffalo to take those two, and not take uh, a Jordan Cairo or a Clem Costin in that trade, um, and only have to really give up another first round pick, that was like the ultimate Jedi mind trick that he played on Jason Botterill. You know, or either that, or he sent Luca Brazzi from The Godfather to handle negotiations. <laughs> you know, either your brains or your signature end up on this uh, trade deal. Okay. Um, yeah, so it's, it was, it was a fantastic trade and, you know, and, you know, I, you know, I, I, I said what I said earlier about Shen, you know, maybe being, you know, a, a captain candidate and that's fair, but you know, Mason's right. You know, O'Reilly is, you know, such an intangibles guy and he does so mm-hmm. much, you know, to, you know, just as a leader, his personality is just perfect for a center. And, uh, I know that's, uh, that might be, uh, you know, a bit damning for a lot of Avs fans that are listening right now, because of course, Ryan O'Reilly was, a Colorado Avalanche uh, uh, long ago, and uh, I often wonder what Avs fans think of Ryan O'Reilly now. When it comes to Ryan O'Reilly, I mean, that's just such a part of ancient history for this team now, now mm-hmm. that we consider the team that we have built now. I mean, like, 
I was thinking about Tyson Berry the other day, and he's not, he hasn't even been gone that long. And I still consider him part of like the old era of the avalanche mm-hmm. where just defense was less of a thing. And I think the thing with Ryan O'Reilly is that opinion of him soured a lot in Buffalo. And like he, he literally wanted to quit hockey. He's like, I don't like hockey anymore. He gets moved to St. Louis instantly wins the cup and is the, the con Smythe winner. And now he's considered like one of the best, or at least the best defensive forward in the league, if not one of them. I mean, he won the mm-hmm. Selkie that year Selkie. as yeah, well. He won the Selkie he won the Selkie. that season. He was a yeah, he, he had like all. He won all the trophies that year. He had to buy a completely new trophy case. He won uh, the yeah, Jennings too. He won the Jennings. He won the, the Selkie. He won the Colin Smythe. Won the freaking Stanley Cup. He won everything. I mean, imagine, imagine, imagine going to the awards show that year, winning like all those awards, and then trying to hop a plane and having to check that through uh, security. You know, yeah, just don't be careful with my four major NHL awards here. Uh, I hope you can fit it on the plane. It's a bitch to go through customs, I bet. I know. I, I'll bet. I'll bet it. I'll bet it is. So um, anything else for us, Griffin? I mean, just basically, I was wondering what you guys were thinking about the trade deadline. You guys kind of answered this a little bit earlier, but like. Sell, sell, sell. Sell. Yeah, I was going to not like, do you guys. Not- is there anything that can be salvaged this season at the trade deadline by buying? Like the obviously, I know no. you hate the Taylor Hall rumors. No, Taylor Hall. No, Taylor, Taylor Hall. Say no to Taylor Hall. Yeah, no. He, Say no he, to drugs and Taylor he, Hall. He did nothing to help to, to help Arizona. He did nothing to help uh, Buffalo this year. Although Buffalo is pretty helpless, you know, just in general. He did nothing for New next to nothing except for New one Jersey. year. Except one year. year. One year he just one year he was good. Taylor Taylor Hall is a fraud. And and stay away from him. There's other Sabres I wouldn't mind, you know, the Blues, you know, taking a kick in the tires on, of course, Rasmus Dahlin. I mean, he's been terrible for Buffalo this year, but I think he's young enough to where he can be salvaged. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Of course, there's Jack are. That's what people on the outside are saying about Vince Dunn, though. So. Yeah, and let them say that, and let them give the Blues something pretty for him because I'm ready to move on from Vince. Dunn. Yeah, me too. We have, I want a first. Keep it. Keep, keep in mind, we we have we have Scotty Prunovich, who's basically you know sure. you know Vince Dunn 2.0. Only he actually plays defense. So yeah, yeah wonderful. Yeah, so we we, we really we really don't need Vince Dunn anymore. That that's right, it. Right. And he is the one guy I will say though that if the Blues you know are selling, I I think I think they will definitely listen if anyone wants to take a stab on vince dunn um mm-hmm. I th- i'm sure that i mean he, despite his issues here he's still an analytics darling you know he's you know he everyone in the analytics community loves him um and you know what he does some things now like like i think you made, made the point mason like he is the best player in hockey for like 30 seconds yeah he's the best good player in the nhl for every game is 30 seconds long he's the yeah, best and he is because the, the only thing you really need to know about this offseason is it's going to be busy. Blues yes. are going to be the busiest team in the offseason yeah. by, by far. It's not even goodbye. Going to be close. Goodbye Hoffman. Goodbye Tyler Bozak. It's been it's been real. Thank you for your service. He's a he's an unrestricted free agent. Mm-hmm. Um, I Kirk think Gunnarsson's going. Gunnarsson's going. Gunnarsson's probably done. Period. I mean, he might yeah. he might just retire. He's he's Definitely. he's a, he's out for the rest of the year with a. Uh, he was a knee right. Yeah, um, me. Yeah, 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 and 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 he's thirty five, so it's like at that, at this point, it's kind of like okay, maybe pack it up. Def, definitely, um, definitely. And you know, know, Schwartz is on an expiring contract too. He's Schwartz an interesting one. 
He's uh, an interesting I really one. Hope, I really hope we find the way to keep him because you can tell how much I think they can. he brings to this team. I think I, they can too, and I really hope they do. But he's gonna he's probably gonna ask for a lot. If I'm totally honest, you know he might know. take a hometown discount. But well, still. He, he already the thing the thing with Schwartz is he already makes like five point six mil. I think is his contract. Mm-hmm. Is he really gonna ask for a lot more than that? Is he gonna ask for more than Braden Shen well, than six and a half mil? He'll see Bennington's contract and he'll say he wants six as well. I That's, think so. And, and you know what? He's gonna want six. You know what? Fine, give it to him. Yeah, I say that, fine. Schwartz is Schwartz is again. You know, like we talked about Ryan O'Reilly's intangibles. Schwartz is also kind of an intangibles guy. He's a good. Mm-hmm. He's very good in the locker room. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of things well. He's kind of a jack of all trades. You know, forward. Definitely. He'll score a little. He'll he'll pass a little. He'll play a little defense. He's not like you know. He's not definitely. He's like the anti Mike Hoffman, basically. Uh-huh. You know, where he can't just do one thing well. He does a lot of things well. I'm going to be honest. I hope they re-sign Sanford. He's an RFA. I do hope they do because Sanford, I'm not giving up on him. People are mad at him. I think he still has a good upside. I I still want to keep Sanford. If the Blues trade Vince Dunn, Sanford is Seattle bait. Mm -hmm. Definitely, but I I really hope that he sticks around. Another thing, Cairo and Thomas, Jordan Cairo, Robert Thomas, they're at the end of their entry-level contracts this year. They're yeah, going to want bank, especially Kyra's going to want bank. Neither are neither are arbitration eligible, though. So that, no. that, 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 that I mean, it won't be that bad for either one. Um, I can see Kyrou getting a bit of a you know bump just because he's been very good at times. Although he's he's a little inconsistent as well. I mean, he's still young, but I mean he he'll have great games and then he'll ha- he'll look completely just lost on defense. Mm-hmm. You know, he's he's he, he's one of those types. But I th- I think he'll be fine. Robert Thomas, of yeah. course, that that's another issue this year for the Blues. You know, you're looking at, you know, why are the Blues, you know, so terrible? They've been without Robert Thomas for most of the season. He's been out yeah. with an injury. I don't think he's coming back, you know, before the end of the season. I mean, it, or if he does, I mean, it's well, actually, he, he's well, I take it back. I think he is he back or is he coming back? He is back. He is back. I'm, I, I, I'm he's sorry. Been back I, the last two games. I haven't seen him though. That's the thing. That's that's he's the been thing. pretty I, invisible. But he's, yeah, he's so, been invisible. It's well, gonna take th- finger injuries like on his hand are a nightmare. So I don't. Yeah, think. exactly. Yeah, it's it, and and of course with a guy like Thomas who's such a stick handling maven, you know, it's got to be mm-hmm. hard on him. So it's gonna take a while for Thomas to ramp up yeah. if he does at all. So you know that, yeah. that kind of sort of defends my dumb comment. And then who's um, so goodbye. Goodbye, Huso. It's his. It's the end of his contract. I hope he should. F- bye. Like you, you, you. Thank you for letting us in every game for exactly twenty minutes every game. Thank you for keeping us in it. Uh, but sheesh, after, I'm done with the Huso. And then yeah. Vince Dunn, obviously. Goodbye. If he's not, I goodbye, hope they Vince trade Dunn. him. I hope they J- trade him so we can actually get something mm-hmm. out of him. But if yeah. we can't, let him go. Not even Excuse worth me. it. Yeah, Vince Dunn is done. Jake Wallman, goodbye. Get out of here. Oh, oh my God, Jake Wallman, goodbye. We gave you a chance after all these years, and this is what you've done. Eight games, no points, minus four, and generally piss-poor defense. You can't stop the piss from running down your legs, Jake Wallman, much less an offensive opponent. So he's done. I think he's done. And and you'll see probably – I would, I, 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 you would see probably, I guess, a trade maybe for defense. I don't know who's going to be out there for free agency, and I don't know who the Blues can afford – but you're right. There's going to be a lot of shuffling this offseason. Uh, I think Baruby is safe for now. Um, but it, yeah. it, this might be another Mikey O situation where, you know, he's on the hot seat to start the season. And because keep in mind, the Blues have Jim Montgomery um, as an assistant coach. Oh, he I is, hope he doesn't become a coach. I love you know, him, but he's not, he's not good enough for a head coach. He's not. I've, he doesn't, well, he won't coach he, the team right away. He was, he, he was, he was doing very well for Dallas before his, his, his issues, but it's he's, true. 
But, but they, they they hired him to be a power play specialist, you know, after Mark Savard, you know, decided his family was more important. And it's not working out in that regard. But then again, I think I think some coaches are just better at man, man you know, player management and you know, you know, just more the more general game versus being a specialist. I think the Blues gave Jim Montgomery that chance just to like, hey, you know, let's get let's get you back on your feet. You know, you you yeah. went through an ordeal. You know, I, I feel I mean, I want to use the word charity, but I, I feel there was a bit of that going on with uh, Montgomery. Definitely. So I think that's all I got, Griffin. Uh, everything uh, good with you? Yeah, I think for in Avalanche Land, things are pretty solid right now. But yes, I, have, I, have to be, I have to be a little envious about one thing. I think you guys are one of the few teams in the league right now that actually have interesting games to watch towards oh, the end yeah. of the season. <laughs> interesting, more like uh, Xanax popping. You know, in levels of in- fucking nightmares is what half of our games Acid are. Trip. Hey, that freaking San Jose seven six San Jose game. <laughs> game of the year season game of the year it had everything it had a Bennington freak out it had you know a, a lead and then a loss and then a lead and then a loss and then a lead and then a loss and then a lead like literally each team had the lead four separate times and it was ridiculous it nuts. was ridiculous it was just yeah that that that's a game people remember for a long time like the the Blues come back against Toronto where they scored five goals in the third period and ended up winning in overtime that's a game. The seven six game is going to be one people remember oh, for here yeah. for a long time. Yeah, that and that and that and unfortunately, date nothing lost to Colorado, but we don't we don't talk about that. We're not going mean, to. We, I mean, I can. Do you guys want me to bring that up again? You know, I, you know what, Griffin, you have been a fantastic guest here on Blue Notes. Wonderful, think, just wonderful. I think that's all the time we have. Uh, yeah, yeah. where I got, I got a, uh, I got, I got a hot dog appointment. Uh, yeah, at, 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 in a few hours, so I better yeah. get on the road for that. And yeah, uh, I, know, I got also I need to go pick up my Xanax prescription. You know, I got a bunch of stuff. Oh yeah, do, so. you got to keep that on, on constant supply as a Blues fan. Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, Griffin, where can, where can in, in, in reality, where can people find you and uh, uh, anything uh, percolating for uh, Tell It As It Is? Yeah, so you guys can find the show wherever you get your podcasts at Tell It As It Is on Twitter, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, new episodes every Monday and Thursday. Portions of this episode on the Blue Notes will be part of the next Tell It As It Is episode that will be coming out tomorrow morning. I think I've got plenty of things in the works in terms of guests for the next little while. Not going to spoil anything yet, but I am pretty much preparing for the playoff run right now. Basically, the, what I was trying to say with the, the playoff thing for you guys is that I'm getting kind of bored, if I'm being honest. I don't think I could take oh, 82 games, and I know how bad that's yeah. down, but I don't think I could take 82 games of this season. Like, no, there, there are 16 playoff spots, and I think four. 14 of them are, are already locked in and Pretty you guys much. are fighting for one of the two spots. So mm-hmm. in that case, I envy how much you guys like are going to have to pay attention to the regular season because that's, have, the, that's yeah. a bad thing. We have to watch this. But it's, <laughs> 20, 21 more games. Not that we're counting. We have to watch 21 more games of this. That is a bad thing. I don't know what you're talking about. And they're and, and they're not against you know the California teams that are supposedly beatable. So you know exactly. I mean, you guys need to watch some high quality hockey, even if it's not the Blues playing <laughs> high quality hockey. And basically, uh... I, me and Avalanche fans have to wait basically a month for things to really get answered. And man. 
I was thinking about this yesterday. They might not even get answered until after the first round. Like we might be talking like second round until like any questions can even be answered. So yeah, totally fair. 56 games of this season, I think is enough. I think it'll be interesting for the avalanche down the stretch to see how they match up with St. Mm -hmm. Louis just because we haven't seen them since literally the beginning of the season. And I mean, who, who knows? Maybe the blues are a good match for us. We just, we haven't seen it yet, but you bet you guys basically hey, nothing me. our entire season. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, this is why you play the games. You can't yeah. play the you can't play the games on paper. So maybe maybe the Blues have a miracle in them. We'll we'll see. By by the way, speaking of miracles, you know you mentioned you know guests on your show. Uh, we've we've teased in the last couple of weeks that we are working on Joel Hofer for uh, Blue Notes. Uh, he is uh, currently with the Utica Comets um, in the AHL. And I, 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 I almost didn't want to like even say anything because, you know, you don't want to jinx yourself. But I thought, OK, we uh, we were told we were going to get Joel Hofer after he finished his quarantine period in uh, with Utica. And like right after he gets out of quarantine, Utica has a uh, covid issue and now they're not playing hockey. And uh, they've told us that uh, until um, they're basically back playing and back practicing, no interviews. So. The Joel Hofer saga with Blue Notes continues. We will hope to have him it's soon, but uh, stupid freaking COVID. It, Tom, you jinxed it. Just I know. I know. Jinxed. This is yeah. wonderful. Because that's, that's the worst thing that's happened this uh, this year with. Uh, oh, with yeah. Hockey. By far that's, the worst thing. By yeah, that, far. That's, the worst it's, thing. it's so terrible. It is so, so terrible. God, I wish it was the worst thing. I really would. I really do. All righty. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Blue Notes. Again, uh, Monday, um, because of we all of us have family obligations for Easter weekend, uh, we will be uh, uh, digging into the Blue Notes vault and taking you back to the very beginning of the pandemic. You know, the episode right after basically the world went to hell. So yep. um, I, it, was, it was it was fun listening to it this week. And I thought, you know what? It's been one year since then. It'd be fun to kind of look back and uh, and reflect on that. So we'll, we'll be doing an audio-only episode on Monday on Blue Notes uh, with that uh, historical piece. So um, tune in for that uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. But in the meantime, that will do it for Blue Notes. I want to thank you for listening and watching because without you, there is no me, there is no Mason, there is no Griffin Youngs, and there is no Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump. And Mason, play to the whistle! Hope you guys enjoyed that talk with the Blue Notes pod with Tom Franklin and Blues Fan Reacts. Great guys over there at the Blue Notes pod, and I'm at least interested in seeing what the Blues have to offer for the Avalanche over the next six games or so, especially on this back-to-back. I don't I don't think they're just going to roll over and die. Like I think the Blues are still a solid team that's just in a, a, in a cold stretch right now. I think they're going to end up being just fine. But they're clearly not happy, as you can tell. They this been a long, long season in St. Louis, and they, man, nothing's really worked at all for them. They're not getting what they thought from Mike Hoffman. Seems like the Petrangelo departing is hurting them. Their goaltending's been pedestrian. Just no real savior in St. Louis this season. I think they're going to make the playoffs. I don't think Arizona is good enough to make the playoffs. Even even if the Blues still struggle down this stretch, it's just going to be a game of hot potatoes. Like, no, you take the spot. No, no, you, sir, please take the playoff spot. We don't want it. We insist that you take the playoff spot. It's going to be one of those. I mean, 
Like I was saying to them, like you, you're the only fan base in the league right now that's in any sort of playoff race at all. So there's 14 spots already locked down, basically out of 16 at this point when it comes to this season. And I don't know, maybe it'll at least be semi-interesting to be in a playoff race. It's not like any of us are going to know what that's like right now. So doesn't sound like they're very excited for it, but I'm very I'm very interested to see where they're going to end up by the end of the season, and that is going to do it for me today on this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. As always, there is no show without you guys. Follow me on Twitter at GYoungsNHL and follow the show at Tell It Abs It Is. Thank you all so much for listening, and I will catch you all next time.